I, I've spent a little time with almost everybody in here. Can I, can I be honest with you? Is that true? Almost everybody in here I've spent some time with. And most of you, most of you, we watch some ball games together. Now, I want to know, I want to just ask a question. Why can you give more in your enthusiasm and excitement to ball games to players you don't even know? Some of you, you do know if you go to your, your kids' games. But if you go to NFL games and you go to NBA games and you cheering and you shouting and you giving people high fives and you come to church and you sit like this. How can you do that, right? So I want you to understand that I know some of you may have been programmed from a young age. You're supposed to be quiet in church. But can I tell you, the house of God should always be loud with praise. Amen. We all family. I know my house, man. Family, we loud. We're loud. Now, you may not be loud, but let me tell you, heaven is loud. It's loud with the praises and glory given to our God. Amen. So 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 let's get out of that mode of shake off the mode of quiet and let's be loud. Let's give God some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Wake up. Get excited. Give God glory. Now, you know, I joke, I, I ain't gonna joke, but uh, I'll talk about my wife then. Because my wife, man, if you ever been to a ball game or watched the game with her, my wife, it's like she lost her mind, man. How she be screaming. I, I, I'm gonna I'm tell this, but uh, we're gonna have to cut this from the thing because then I'm gonna get in trouble. But my wife, crazy so, so much, sometimes she be shouting and, and excited about the game so much that she done got kicked out of gyms. For being so rowdy in the gym, they be like, oh, you got to go, ma'am. But the thing that I want to say about that is if we can get that excited, and, and, and she does the same way she does about, about those games she gets about Jesus. And so I want us to understand that it's okay to give God glory. I want to talk to you today. We've been talking about uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about so much. But last week we were talking about obstacles. Right. We talked about obstacles. And how those obstacles have to be overcome. You must be determined to overcome obstacles. Obstacles are not a new thing. Okay? When anybody's trying to accomplish a goal, there are obstacles that are in the way of accomplishing that goal. Now, the first thing is it's not new. The second thing is, guess what? You aren't the only one that has obstacles. Everyone faces obstacles. Now, what you do with them, that's, that's, that may be uh, 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 specific to you. You may be a person that makes excuses for them, right? And you, get in, you, get, you camp out wherever the obstacle was. You can't figure out a way around. Or you could be the person that's determined to get through those obstacles and find a way through, all right? So we've been talking about those obstacles, and I wanted you to understand that, that it's not a new thing. And even in relationship, there are obstacles. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that, because if we don't understand this, if we don't get past the obstacles that come from relation, that come in the midst of relationship, especially, and I want to talk about it from the relationship the standpoint of our relationship to God. There are obstacles that arise, and if we don't know how to get past those, we'll get stuck, and our relationship with him will begin to wither. Go to Luke chapter 19, verse 10. 
You guys know this. I've taught so many messages on this. This is a crucial uh, verse. I think that it's very important. It says this. It says, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I've taught this message and I want you to understand that the Bible didn't say those who were lost. Did it? It said that which was lost. So in this case, in order for it to be that, he's not talking about people. He would have said those. But in this case, he said that. And that is the thing that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about relationship. The thing that was lost that Jesus came to restore was relationship. Go back to Genesis chapter two. Can we do that? Genesis chapter two. And I want us to look at a few verses. Let's look at 15, 16, 17 of chapter two. And it says this. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I want you to jump to 19 real quick. We're going to read 19 and 20. Could have read 18 as well. But I just want you to see this. And it says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And what did he do? He brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And God, and excuse me, and Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, it was not found to help me for him. Now, I want to I make sure I say in this, uh, how does this talk about relationship? It's just like parents when they bring little things in front of their kids. Where is, we do this with Libby all the time. Where is Libby's nose? And she goes here. Where, or where is Libby's ear? And she points to her ear. Or we put something in front of her and we say, what is this? And she may say circle, right? Or whatever it is that we have, we bring it to her. Now, I want you to understand, not that the circle didn't have a name already. It's just that we were having fun. Libby and I, or Libby and Shirley, were having fun spending time together and learning. That's the same thing. This word called. That it says is 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 not that he called it or 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 named it was just that excuse me not that he named it it was the word called instead he just called it what it was does everybody understand that the reason why I'm telling you that is because this is a, an example of God's relationship with Adam it was dad and son are you with me it was dad and son and, and, and Adam was, was a baby, although he formed him as a man, right? Fully grown. He still, in comparison with God, was a baby. And so he's talking to him and they spend time together. And if we look in Genesis chapter three, it says that God would come down in the cool of the day and spend time with Adam. So when God was commanding Adam to do certain things or God was bringing them, it wasn't like it was he was going and Adam. It was he was showing up and hanging out. 
and they had relationship that was close and it was good, right? But as always, there are obstacles that come about when you're having relationship with God, relationship with anybody, but especially with God. Now, I want you to understand this. This is this is so important to see, because if if Jesus came to to seeking to save that which was lost, that means something had to be lost in the process. And we see that that relationship was lost. But how was it lost? Most people say sin, right? Sin came in. But did you know the first barrier before sin ever entered the world, before there was any sin whatsoever, before there was, there was another barrier that happened first. Go to Genesis chapter three. And verse one. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The very first obstacle was not sin. Men had not sinned yet. The first obstacle that we face in having relationship with God is outside influence. That's the very first thing that comes up, an outside influence, someone else talking, someone else creeping into your relationship, your your, your girlfriends, your guy friends, your co-workers, somebody talking to you, the news media, the the, uh, social media, somebody talking to you about stuff from outside the relationship. That is the first obstacle that comes in. And we see it there with Satan as he begins to talk to to Eve. He's telling and questioning something that that he was not privy to. He was not a part of the conversation that Adam had with God. He was giving his two cents and trying to cause division and dissension from outside. I want you to think about that. What is it that is happening outside? Is it busyness? What is it that's happening outside of your relationship with God that's taking a toll and becoming an obstacle to you having good relationship with God? Whatever that may be, you have to deal with it. Or else we wind up just like Adam and Eve did and we make a mistake. We go deeper into lost relationship. The second thing that comes about we see happens here is sin. Sin is simply missing the mark. It is us becoming rebellious. This is what they did. They rebelled against what God had said they couldn't do. So after the outside influences, if we don't stop those before they begin to seep in, the next obstacle is sin, rebellion, right? Disobedience. The, the, the truth of the matter is, is that First John 2 uh, tells us that all that is in life, the, all the sin that is in life is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the very three things that we see here that Eve went through. She she saw how the tree was good, lust of the eye, right? She saw that it looked good to eat, lust of the flesh. 
and she saw that it would make one wise, proud of life. All three of those things were wrapped up in this time, and that's what caused sin to come into the world. Listen, what is it? What is it that's happening in your life that's causing you to maybe want to rebel against something that God has spoken? Is it your own selfish desire? The lust of the eye, something you saw that you thought was better for you than what God said you could have? Was it the lust of your flesh that said, I want it, I'm going to take it? Or the pride of life that said, I deserve it? Was it any of those things that came in that is an obstacle to your relationship with God? But they didn't finish there. If we continue on, I'm going to read the rest of it all the way to 13. Can I do that? And I'm going to start. Can I can I jump since I told you what it said there? You guys can go back and read. Let me just read eight through 13. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou art naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree which I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman which thou gave to me, and she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. I want to stop there because I want you to see what happens. As they heard the voice of God, the third obstacle to relationship is fear. Fear because of something that I've done causes me to hide from God. We can't allow fear to be. Listen, God says uh, uh, in Second Timothy one and seven, he says this for God has not given thee the spirit of fear. So if God didn't give us the spirit of fear, it had to come from somewhere else. It came from the enemy. And so anytime fear begins to come in and try to rob us of our relationship with God because of something we've done, we've got to learn how to stand up and say, no, no, God has said he loves me and he never leave me nor forsake me. Are y'all with me? This is important to understand because that's something that happens so often. Either it's an outside influence or it's our disobedience and our own desires or fear that causes me to hide. But there's one last one, and I want to dig into that a little bit. Can I do that? The last one, he said already in there, when man took and made took the fig leaves and sewed them together. Do you remember that in there when I just read that? It says this, that, <clears throat> let me read it to you again. In verse seven, and the eyes of them were both open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. The last thing that is a big struggle for relationship is religion. Man's own efforts to reach God. That's what religion is. It's your own efforts, your own works, your 
own plan for you to be able to reach God. It never works. It always fails. God made sure he showed us this because he showed us in this section. He said that this is the thing that Adam himself sewed together his own efforts to, to be able to be in the presence of God. That's why he did it. He sewed them together together to cover his nakedness. It was his own effort to be worthy to be in God's presence. But there's a problem with fig leaves. There's a problem with fig leaves. And the first problem is this. That. Once you pull them from the tree to sew them together, although they look green now, they were disconnected from the life giving source and it wouldn't last. It was dying already. It was already as he sewed them together. It was falling apart and dying because those leaves were going to start to turn brown and dry up and go away. That's a big issue that happens when we try to do it ourselves. We are disconnected from the love of God and it puts us in a bad position. I want to say another thing about the fig leaves is that it represents the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. They had disconnected themselves from the source. Once they had eaten and hid themselves, they were hiding from the very thing that would bring life. And they were hiding and staying trapped in their sin. Now, I, I, I've said enough bad things about the obstacles, but I want you to see something good about this, and then I'm going to wrap it up. But although man had many obstacles to relationship, and he placed them in there, he messed it up, God never stopped desiring relationship. That should make you shout, man. No matter how many times, listen, no matter how many times, how many of the obstacles came in and man was the one who probably brought all of those obstacles in and allowed them to come in and stay. God never stopped wanting relationship. I love this because if you read the story, do you do you know who called out for who? It wasn't Adam who cried out for God. It was God who called for Adam. Isn't that so wonderful that although man had made mistake, God of mistake, God still said, Adam, I'm here where we're supposed to be together. Where are you? Hey, why, where are you? I'm here. Don't leave. God was loving enough to make sure that they had relationship. The next thing that I want to say, even though man had done it on his own, had put together fig leaves that wouldn't last, God was the one in verse 21 of chapter 3, it was God who made coats of skins and he covered them. Even though man tried to do it on his own and man was naked, and in a mess, it was God, not man, who made the coat of skin and covered it. 
It was God who in his loving kindness took and killed an innocent animal and took his skin. So God had to do the work. You missed that. See, you missed that. See, you missed that. It's God who did the work. He was the one who killed the animal. All Adam and Eve did was let him put the skins on. See, that always blesses me because the problem that we found and the way that we don't understand grace is that we've missed this and we think it's our responsibility to do the work. It's our responsibility to find what he said in Hebrews chapter four. There now, therefore, remaineth a rest. See, but we miss that because we're so busy flip-flopping between religion and relationship, religion and relationship, religion and relationship, religion and relationship, and we put other people in judgment, and then we want relationship for ourselves, and then we put ourselves in judgment, and then we put our other people. We just keep flip-flopping between relationship and religion when God is saying, let me do it. I've done it in Jesus. Now rest in what I've done. It's your job to have faith for what I've done and let me do the transforming of you. I'll go to Philippians 2. Come on, come on, real quick. Man, I got to finish this up. Philippians 2 and I believe 13. Let me go. Let me check. Let me check. Philippians 2. I believe it's 13. Yes. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not you. Not you. But it's your responsibility to rest. Stop working. Cease from your own efforts and let God do it. That makes it sound like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to do nothing. I don't have to read my Bible. No, 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 no. It's your job to say, God, I trust you to change me. I can't do it. Now, as he's working to cause me to will and to do of his good pleasure, what he's doing is he's putting people in my path. He's creating this hunger on the inside of me for relationship with him. Are y'all dead? Y'all missing this, man. This should be the thing that causes you to shout and get you out of flip-flopping all the time. That's why you that's why you wake up in the middle of the night worried about stuff. Because you're in religion. It's how can I fix this? When if we were in relationship, it'd be God, you got it. Do you remember the story of Jesus when he was on the boat and God had said, go to the other side? And though waves arose, there were obstacles that came up and the boat was filling up with water. And where was Jesus? Sleep. It ain't like it was a cruise liner. It wasn't like he was covered. He was getting wet. Water splashing on him. Don't you know you take a deep breath, water go up your nose, man? That's going to wake you up. And the boat is filling up with water. Water's not supposed to be in the boat. It's supposed to be outside the boat. And yet he is asleep. Why? He's resting. He trusts that the father said, we're going to the other side, man. It's not 
my job to figure out how I got in the boat. I got in the boat. That was my job, get in the boat and get ready to go to the other side. It's his job to make sure I get there. Why are we always listening to the devil when he says, has God said that you'll make it to the other side? See, we don't think that we listen to him saying that, but that's why we wake up. Will you really be able to get out of this situation? That's why you stress because you in religion. You still stuck in that obstacle. You never, never got past that. one. Didn't understand how relationship was vital, that it was God that worketh in you both to will and to do. See, see, I, I can see if it was just will, but he says not only will, but to do. He got both. He made sure that you knew he was going to make you want to and do. If you just rest. Real relationship, but the obstacles that arise that get in the way, man. We made a camp because we're not determined to get past it. Can I tell you the truth? If we really understood past religion. See, I'm, I'm still stuck there because that's usually the one where we get caught, right? Because all of those lead down to us trying to do it on our own. All the outside influences, right? Then we rebel. Then we get scared and hide. Then we try to fix it, right? That's how it works, right? And so we get stuck here. We, 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 we run through those three, man. You know, hey, I'm finna do them. Hey, I heard my, you told me to cuss them out because they was acting crazy. I'm gonna cuss them out. Now I'm, I'm embarrassed because I cussed them out. Now I'm hiding from God. And now I'm trying to fix it. Oh, Lord, what am I going to tell people? Right? I'm not just saying you're going to cuss folks out. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we run through those other ones. And then it's the part where we're trying to fix it on our own. That's the problem. And we don't understand that relationship piece. And it causes us to be stuck in the cycle. And we can't get past that. And God has said, listen, I showed you in the garden I do it. I sent my son Jesus to be the, the, the blameless, spotless lamb that I killed. And covered you in. The same way I did it there. If any man be, if any man be, come on, tell me, if any man be, if any man be in Christ, where? Inside the skin. Now, you get that? That's why he put the skin on, and that's why he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Do you believe that? See, the problem is, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What, you know, the truth of the matter is, that word please is really agree with. Without faith, you'll never agree with God. You'll never agree with him. You'll always be stuck in my way is better than his way. God can't be trusted to fix this one. He can do that, but he can't do this. That's what happens when we mess up relationship. I'm sorry I'm going long, but man, it's important that you get this. 
Aren't you tired of flip-flopping between whether you can sleep or whether you awake, whether stuff gets done or it doesn't? Wouldn't you love to just rest in the fact that God said he would do it? Trust him? Man. I, I say this to myself. Uh, it, it's so uh, important that we understand this, but I am determined not to camp out at any of those obstacles. At any of those places of obstacles, I'm determined not to be camped out anywhere. I'm determined to get through so that my relationship with him See, and the thing, the thing about it is, is that I have to overcome the pride of life. See, do you understand this? My own pride that says, I know better. And stop flip-flopping between the two so I can just rest. I know it sounds strange that I'm determined to rest. But I am determined to stay in rest. Not to get out and do it my way. Stay in rest. God, I trust you. Yes, yes, Lord, yes. It's hard, man. I see the water filling up the boat, but you said we're going to the other side. Amen? Last thing. And really the last thing. God shows us all of this. He's determined to have a relationship with us. He's the one who does it all. But I want you to see this. As Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He has restored our relationship with the father. He's done that. Amen. But what happens when he decided to, he's there telling his disciples, I've restored this. And then he's going away. He's leaving. John 14, go there real quick. And that's it. John 14. Nope, going the wrong way. Amen. John 14. Amen. And it says this. He tells them, the disciples, as he's getting ready to go away, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, I want to stop there because I'm going to jump over to, uh, jump to verse 15. But I want you to understand that don't forget that he has not stopped having relationship with you. He is still working out things out for your good. He's preparing a place for you. And guess what? He's coming back again sooner than you think. I want you to remember that first. But I want you to see something here. In verse 15, it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, and he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now, I want to talk to you about that. I'm not talking about, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. I'm not talking about getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm just simply talking about the Holy Spirit 
how do you feel about him, the comforter who Jesus says he leaves for you, for you to have relationship with the same way that you have relationship with him? Are you refusing this new form of relationship that he has with you? Remember I told you this before? I, I said this last week for those who weren't here. You got to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. OK, you'll understand this clearer. But what happened was one of the obstacles of people receiving Jesus was this. That he didn't come in the form that they thought he should. Right. Right. They, 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 they expected him to come as the king, setting down rule, calling down fire, destroying things and putting things in order. And he didn't. And he came and he hung out with people who the world thought was the worst. Even the church thought was the worst. And he hung out with those people and he loved on them and he shared truth. Will you be a person that misses out on relationship with the father? Because you have trouble understanding the new comforter that he sent for you. The Bible, he says this in the next one. He says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. That word comfortless means as orphans. I won't leave you without relationship. See, we miss that. We miss that because we see comfortless and we think he's going to hug me. And, and okay, but he's talking about this. I won't leave you in a position where you don't have relationship of me still working for your good. You missed that. Only, only two people got that. I won't leave you without relationship of someone working things for your good. The Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. That means he comes alongside to help. And yet we've relegated the Holy Spirit only to tongues. Now, now, hey, hey, let me make it clear. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak it in other tongues. I'm not ashamed of that. I don't I'm not making you have to do that. But I'm not ashamed of that. But that's not all there is to the paraclete. He has come alongside to help. Relationship. Will you miss out on that because he didn't come the way you thought he should? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your mercy, for your grace, for your wisdom, for your understanding, for your loving kindness, for your desire to have relationship with me. For what you have gone through to have relationship with me, the one who messes it up, the one who fails so often, the one who rebels, the one who wants to do it his own way. God, I am grateful that you put the coat of skins upon me, that I can be hidden in Christ Jesus. And now all the old could be passed away and I could be made new. One that you see totally different, that you just want to be close to me. That would be your heart, that you just would desire time with me. Now, now, when I say me, I want you to put you in that. I want you to say it's me. It's me, God. You desire me. No, if, if there was no one else, you'd still do it just 
for me. Father, I'm grateful. Father, I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you to each per for each person that's watching us on the internet right now. I thank you for every person who is listening to this as a podcast, Father God, as they're driving down the road, as they're sitting in the, the coffee shop, as they're at work, however they are. I, I thank you for them, Father God, hearing your voice and knowing that you are saying, I just want to be close to you. I want relationship with you. And I was willing to give my son for that relationship. So whether you're listening by podcast or you're listening, you're watching by television or whether you are right here. If you're here and you say, you know what? Today is the day that I begin my relationship with Jesus Christ. That means that, hey, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. or I have and I haven't been walking with him. And today is the day I make it right. See, God's standard is perfection. And because of sin, we all miss that. But he sent his son, Jesus, to be the skins. To be the sacrifice. He sent his son, Jesus, and he dealt with sin once and for all. And all we have to do is make a choice. This is your choice tonight. If that's you, if that's you, you got to do something bold. Every head bow, every eyes closed. But I still want you to do something bold. If you say, I I've never received Jesus or I want to get it right. I want you to stand to your feet right now, right now, right now. If you're in your home, I want you to stand up. It's an act of faith that says, I desire relationship with the father. Come on, come on, come on. I know there are a handful in here. I want to give you that opportunity, but you got to be bold. You cannot be afraid. Fear stops us and causes us to hide, but we're going to be bold. Hallelujah. Yeah, I thank you for the people who are listening and watching, for standing up. Thank you for standing up. Hallelujah. Thank you for being bold. Restoring of relationship. This is your chance. I, I know that they're a handful and I'm going to give them an opportunity in here. There are already people I feel in my spirit that are standing up already outside of this place. But right in here, we're going to give you that opportunity. Still every head bow, every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus, just to be close to you. Hallelujah. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. He desires you. I want us to pray this prayer together. Father, I thank you for loving me enough to not give up on me. To not leave me in the place that I was, but to call out unto me, where are you? Father, today I yield to you and I say, here I am. Forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus and what he's done. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'll never go back to my old life. I'm a brand new creature. Father, give me grace to receive the new comforter, the new form of relationship, but also give me grace to rest. And I thank you for it being done, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. While they're still playing, I, I, there's one more thing that I'd like to do, guys. I, I, I want to say that guilt and shame, God doesn't put that. God doesn't bring guilt and shame. What he always brings is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. That's how he responds. Why does he do that? Because of Jesus. See, you know, people outside of the covenant, they may see wrath. 
But those inside see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. Those of you who receive Jesus as Lord, you're inside the covenant. Start resting. I, I want to let you go, but there's one last thing I want to do, and it's, it's, it's just this, and it's very simple. Guys, we also have, uh, uh, not only do we do emails, but we also have a, a new text thing that we're trying to do to make sure everybody is aware of what, what's happening at, the, at a, a moment's notice, whether it may be a service that needs to be. It's right up here, guys. I want you to get out your phones now, and I would, want you to text PLANTED to this number here. And what it'll do is it'll cause you to be put into our text uh, line and you, it'll give you some information that you need to do so you can respond. OK, but also what it'll allow you to do is if there are things that are coming up, you can say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be part of that or no, I'm not going to be a part of that. You can also uh, uh, that's that's uh, what is that called when you do that? You can join in. OK. Make sure we know that, that you're going to be a part. But this is a way to keep you up to date. Not only email, because most of us have our phones in our hands all the time. And a text can just hit you, let you know about things that we're doing, things that need to be changed. So you can always do that. All right. So if you want to be a part of that, even if you're here and you're visiting, you just want to know what's going on. You can still do that. Text uh, planted to eight four. Five seven six. Let me say that for those who are listening uh, that don't see the screen, they're listening to the podcast. You'll text planted P L A N T E D to eight four five seven six. That way, you'll make sure you're able to uh, be in the know of what's happening at the church at Thorn. Amen. 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 Everybody's had that done. Let's go ahead and um, dismiss you guys. Father, I thank you that as we leave this place, we're not leaving your presence, but we're going forth with your authority, your anointing, Father God, to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Again, when we show up on the scene because of the Jesus that's on the inside of us, because of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us, because of that word that's rooted on the inside of us, things change for the better. They get better when we show up on the scene, Father God, and it's all for your glory. We thank you, Father God, you keep your angels encamped around about us. We thank you that no weapon that is formed against us will be able to prosper. We thank you, Father God, that we would be those that would share light and life and love everywhere that we go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. You are dismissed.